Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Rap. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to The Sex Wrap. You're here today with your favorite sex doctors, Andrew and Spring. Well, if we're not your favorite sex doctors yet, we will be by the end of this episode. How are you today, Spring? <laughs> I'm great. I love calling us sex doctors. I mean, we are, but I love, I just love that phrase of it. It's so cute. <laughs> it sounds like we're, like we're a hipster band who can't really play music, which is true, except we're not hipsters. Neither are we a band. But we definitely I can't, can't play, play music. music. Well, I, can, I can play music. Okay, remember sure. I was playing some for you earlier and you're like, but yeah, I do. I do remember that. <laughs> See? Um, all right. So we have so much that we want to talk about, but our question today is really a whole bunch of questions that many listeners have submitted. So it's really a question in three parts. Do you want to hear what it is? Uh, of course. So um, we get a lot of questions about penises and erections and boners and hard-ons and all of the other words that are associated with it. Um, and they come at us from a lot of different perspectives and angles. Um, so we're going to try to get, answer three different pieces of the erection puzzle today. Um, just like the three pieces of the penis, the shaft to the root and the head, or the corpora cavernosa. Like We could do a whole lesson about the anatomy of the penis, but we're not going to do that today. Okay, so our question is huge. Huge penis question. Um, so the first part is uh, from a male listener who asked us, why do I get uh, why do I keep getting erections at awkward times? And how do I stop it? I can speak to that one. I'll tell you some stories as we get a little bit later, uh, get a little bit later in the show. The second part of the question we want to talk about is from a, a female listener who said every time I touch my boyfriend, he gets a hard on and it weirds me out. So we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on there. And then the third part of the question was submitted by a gay male user. So the question is, I'm 16, a football player, gay, in the closet, and I'm terrified of getting an erection in the locker room when I see a hot naked guy. And it already happened once. What should I do? Mm, so many erections, so little time. <laughs> oh, I know, it's going to be a hard topic to cover. Oh, God. It's hard. <laughs> Yikes. Okay, penis puns. Let's do it. Um, so where do you want to start? Um, okay, so let's start with I keep getting erections at awkward times. How do I how do I stop it? Oh. Well, I have some good news for you and some bad news for you. Um, I don't know how old uh this listener is, um, but the older you get, the less likely this is going to happen to you. But erections are an autonomic nervous system response. What that means is so yeah, and what that means is uh, you don't have a lot of control over when they spontaneously happen. Right. So we know that this autonomic response means that, you know, something is being stimulated, something is like causing this response in the body. Um, and, you know, sometimes we can like, purposefully get that started so we can like you know think about things that are arousing to us or start to touch ourselves and like then we can like actually stimulate this response but that doesn't mean that we always know exactly what stimulates it and other things can just stimulate that without our really kind of purposefully enacting it. I mean some of my favorite scenes from the show It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia are the ones where uh 
they get erections spontaneously and have them go away spont no not spontaneously like by thinking about it like here it comes there's an erection okay then here it goes there it went away um that's just not how the body works at all and that's really what spring's getting at that um there are lots of things you can do visualization touching a partner touching yourself watching pornography all of those things start this autonomic response that that starts your body kind of gearing up for an erection. Um, but especially when you're young, um, especially when you're sexually inexperienced, um, especially when you are about to go up in front of the classroom and give a report, or you're about to go get communion in church, those are times when I have had, when I was younger, just boners pop up. I'm like, what the crap? I don't even want to be at church. This is terrible. Why am I here? Oh my gosh, we're singing a hymn and I'm getting an erection and I'm going to have to walk to the front of the church and get a little cardboard wafer and eat it. Oh my gosh. I was much more concerned about my erection than I was about communion, but it happened. <laughs> <laughs> can you tell, can you tell everybody this let's, question let's that later <laughs> triggered something? Um, and there's all kinds of movies and television shows and cartoons where like you keep a binder or a folder or a book with you and you hold it in front of you. You know, in all of the Harry Potter movies, they never talked about getting boners. We should um, send a message to JK Rowling because I am sure she would add some of those to her books. <laughs> no, but I mean, they are just, going to happen. And, and the honest truth of it is, especially when you're young, is there's nothing nothing that you can do to prevent from getting spontaneous erections. Now, if you're letting your mind wander and you're looking or thinking about something you find sexually attractive, so if, you know, if you're sitting there in class and you're kind of bored with the whatever's happening, or if you're sitting at church and you're kind of, wherever you are, if you're sitting and you let your, kind, your mind kind of wander to sexy thoughts then that can trigger it, right? So kind of training your brain to be like, oh, no, don't go there. Let's go back to something <laughs> like, I don't know, people say baseball. I mean, that would totally make me lose my erection. Like, so boring. You just sit there and nothing happens. Unless you think about the baseball players, maybe. Oh, oh. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that maybe coming up with a plan with something that can help you get rid of the... um surprise erection is the best thing. So yeah, thinking of something that very drastically turns you off very quickly <laughs> might be the best strategy. So if you have something that like you find extremely unsexy or something that um, does not turn you on at all, or like, you know, if you just like uh, think about, um, you know, I, I don't want to suggest what might be unsexy to people. <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble here. But like, you know, if you like think of like cleaning some the cat chores you have box. to do. What? Cleaning a cat litter box. Oh, yeah. Okay. That is so gross. Yeah. Uh, I'm, but you should be careful, I'm, though, because there's, there have been a whole <laughs> bunch of stories of people who come up with something really gross that they think about every time they start getting turned on. And yeah, you know what happens inside your brain? That. Yeah. yeah. Then all of a yeah. sudden, every time you clean the cat box, you get an erection. So just be really careful <laughs> with um, with negative associations. But it, I mean, it doesn't hurt to have you know, like your go to. I can't be turned on right now. Thought. Yeah. <laughs> now, if you're an older listener of ours. I mean, I think it's kind of funny because if you look at men in their 30s, 40s, 50s, um, they're like, damn it, I wish I got spontaneous erections. I have to work <laughs> hard. Like, I have to think about it. I have to watch porn. I have to have someone suck me. I have to have people touch me. I have to really focus. And then I might get a softie. <laughs> so, I mean, part of me as a man who's not in my teens, there you go. It's uh, <laughs> like, you might want to cherish some of these moments and say, this is my body. This is my body doing what it is supposed to do. And erections are a lovely thing. But not that when is. you're about to go for communion. 
That is such a nice way to put it. And yeah, maybe also just uh, remembering those other things you can do, like things you can grab and hold in front of you. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah, but sometimes if you put pressure on an erection as it's forming... You kind of reinforce the cycle. Just, you put, like, okay, just like not like smushing it, just like holding a book in front of you or something. Come on. Um, the other thing that I really want to stress is that there's nothing shameful about getting an erection either, right? I mean, we have a lot of these episodes where like women are shamed for every part of their sexuality. In a lot of ways, men are shamed for many parts of their sexuality too. Um, so if you are a man and you get spontaneous erections and you feel awkward about it, I mean, there's nothing really to be ashamed of. It's it's your body working the way it's supposed to. Uh, and I don't know, like, it's not like there's nothing to be ashamed of at all. And if people make dick jokes, they're just jealous. Yeah. And I mean, so maybe also, I mean, this is, you know, next step. Maybe we also start to like make jokes about it or just talk about it when it happens. Holy crap, communicating about our bodies and our sexuality as it happens, it's pretty... Oh, no, I could never do that, though. If I was like my 15-year-old <laughs> self and I started getting an erection in the middle of Boy Scouts for no reason whatsoever, I couldn't be like, okay, troop, I have something I need to talk about. <laughs> I got a raging heart on. Maybe I should have. I would totally do it today, but I have a very different sets of what... So, like, okay, Spring and I are sex doctors... Like, I think there's something like in my head that broke a long time ago where I can talk about anything sexual at any time in any situation to any person. And I'm like, oh, yeah, let's talk about this fun thing. Like, I have no all of that shame and guilt that we talk about. I have like negative shame and guilt. where I'm like, please, let's do talk about it. But we're at a wake or a funeral. I'm like, it doesn't (laughs) matter. (laughs) No. Okay. let's see. Um, So why don't we take a break and we'll come back and hit the other two questions. I just realized we're about 10 minutes in. So we will be right back. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the erection episode of The Sex Wrap. Okay, so we were just talking about getting random erections. The second part, I think, is really interesting for us to talk about because it's the female perspective, right? So uh, there was a female listener who uh, emailed us and said, every time I touch my boyfriend, he gets a hard on and it weirds me out. What can I do? (laughs) I mean, okay. So all of the stuff that we said for the first part about it being an autonomic response is real. But also, if your boyfriend or girlfriend with that person, there's probably some desire. So there's some of that already injected into the relationship. <laughs> um, I don't know. So Spring, what do you think? Why don't you, why don't you start us off with how, what do we do in this situation? I mean, so... I first, I first want to talk about, um, maybe why you're getting weirded out. So like, um, if, if you're touching your boyfriend and he gets an erection, I mean, so I guess like one of the things is we kind of want to think about what age this person is too. So if the boyfriend is relatively young and, you know, doesn't have as much experience and kind of, um, 
ability to control some of that. Like, you know, that's part of the kind of understanding what's happening in his body. Um, if this is an older couple, you know, and he's like in his late twenties or thirties, then like, I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe we do want to have another conversation. So I think, you know, part of it is like, what, what experience does he have with erections and how kind of how much ability does he have to uh, work with any control here as well? Right. I mean, especially, I mean, I assume this is from a younger listener. When you submit your questions, if you give us your age, it kind of helps us gauge what's going on. (laughs) Um, I mean, part of that is, I mean, it's kind of a huge compliment right now. If he's getting an erection and he's constantly wanting to like rub it on you and have the sex on you and do all of those kind of things, that's one thing. But if it's just like, you know, you touch his arm and he brings a Woody. Uh, I mean, in some ways it's kind of a compliment because it means that your presence and your touch really does turn him on. Like you are that source that gets his body tingling and makes him excited. Um, and then like Spring said, he probably doesn't have a lot of control over that erection anyway, right? They're autonomic responses. Um, we're going to talk, I think in the third question, I want to talk a little bit about some some strategies to prevent erections or, or some things that you need to learn as a male, especially as you grow up in the world. Um, but if you're weirded out by your boyfriend being turned on by you, right? And that's really where this question sort of goes, Um I mean, I, you, you should you should talk about it with him as well. Uh, yeah, and I mean, not in a way that's shaming him. So we don't want to make him feel bad for his erections or for um, having them. But if, you know, it feels like you're not touching him in a sexual way and you're just like, you know, um, touching his arm casually and it's happening and that feels inappropriate at that time for him to have an erection to you, then, you know, I think that that is a great opportunity to have a conversation with him um, to say that, you know, it seems like, uh, you know, I'll, there's erections happening in non-sexual times. And like, let's, let's talk about what's happening here. Let's talk about, you know, how we can both feel more comfortable in situations so that, I mean, if it is happening so often in a non-sexual circumstances, like walking down the street, like it's probably not comfortable for him either. So it is kind of understanding, you know, what's happening when this is happening. And then, um, can we have a conversation about it so everybody feels better about what's happening? Right. Now, like I said before, if this is, if your boyfriend is getting that erection and he's trying to have sex with you every time that he gets an erection or he is sexualizing it or is he, he's rubbing, you know, like all of those kind of things, that is a problem. And in that case, you need to tell him like, you know, I'm not consenting to any of these sexual behaviors. Like I understand that you have an erection. I understand that it's a autonomic nervous system response that you don't have a lot of control over it, but you do have control over what you do with it, right? So while men don't have control over getting erections um, or don't have a ton of control, right? Uh, they do have 100% of control with what they do with them once they get one. So if, if they're, you're w- ever with a man and he tries to pull the, oh, well, I have an erection. I need to feel release. I need to feel touched. You can be like, you need to get out or you can go to the bathroom and you can get yourself off. Enjoy. Yeah, like there's lots of solutions. So for me, this is kind of like the two-parted question where, you know, it's kind of a compliment as long as he's not being gross or touching you or being pushy or trying to use it as an excuse to have sex when you don't want to. 
The other half is if he's like if he's doing any of those negative things, then you need to have a conversation. I mean, dump him. That that would be like <laughs> dump, dump him. like the, the conversation. You can call me up and I'll dump him for you over the phone. Don't text message break up. Be like, dear Andrew in spring, I need you to call my boyfriend and dump dump him for me. I will give you that service one time if you are one of our listeners. There we go. <laughs> and I'll tell him why too. Like, like, hold up, dude. Like I have a penis. I understand it. I can control it. Like it does not. Oh, I hate all of those memes that pop up where like the people say like the little brain or the little man or the second mind or like they call the penis, the other brain kind of. No, no, that's all a lie that no, obviously people get turned on and they, they feel sexually turned on. It's not the penis. It's not the penis. No. <laughs> Anything else we want to say about this question before we move on to number three? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I just, it, it is, it is like all about, you know, the context. And so, yeah, I think we just really want to be sure we understand, you know, the context of each of these things and, and yeah, also remind our listeners, yeah, give us, give us as much context as possible because we can really <laughs> dig into that a little more, right? Because there could be very different things happening here. All right, let's talk about what happens in the locker room. So this question, we have all of the context. Um, Yeah. So a 16-year-old gay boy who is also a football player who's in the closet, who is naked in the locker room with other men that he finds attractive, has gotten an erection at least once based on this question, wants to know what he can do. There's actually a lot more context of this question. Like in the question, he's like, you know, I make sure I never look down. I try to only look at people's heads and I try to look at the wall in front of me, but sometimes you can't help it. Like it goes on and on and on and on. And most people, you know, if you're sexually attracted to someone, the eyes do wander. Hey, up here. (laughs) My eyes are up here. Um, So yikes. So when I saw this question, I was like, I did not play football. I played soccer, which is like European football, but I did not play football <laughs> and I did not like to naked shower for a whole bunch of reasons. But um, yeah, wh- wh- what do you say here? I have two things that I want to say, but what do you say, Spring? I mean, this this question, you know, I I can really empathize with, you know, what's happening here. I obviously don't have any experience with this <laughs> as, as much as you may be able to speak to that kind of um, idea personally. But, you know, I think it sounds like, first of all, he's doing everything, you know, that he can think of to really like try to avoid this happening. And he's really like concerned about it. And, one of the things that I think might actually be perpetuating, you know, any kind of response here is that he's so concerned about it. And I mean, so like the more that you're thinking about this happening, the more that you're worried about it happening, the more you're focused on it, the more likely it is to actually happen. What am I going to do if I see his abs? Oh no. What am I going to do if I see his dick? And then in your head, you're picturing abs and dick and butt and all of those other things. And guess what? That's going to set off that autonomic response yeah so i mean um i think that one of the things to do is to worry about it less which (laughs) is a hard suggestion to take um but I think that, you know, part of that is maybe giving yourself to active something to actively think about, something to actively focus on while you're in there. So, like, you know, if there's a paper you have to write for class, like start 
planning that paper out in your head and planning about all the things that you need to write about and all the things you need to look up and all the things like how you want to kind of organize that, like save something that you like need to think a lot about that like needs some real planning uh, for that time when you're in the locker room to like really give your brain some active uh, work to be doing so that it is an active distraction. So you don't kind of have this like worry, which becomes the main concern, which actually takes over your brain and um, focuses you where you don't want to be focused. I did a lot of math problems in my head. I was like, okay, let's (laughs) figure out the surface area of a sphere. No, I mean, so (laughs) right. Focusing on something that's important that you need to do anyway, kind of gets your mind out of that worry cycle. So that's really good advice. Um, There are a couple other practical things that you can do as well, right? So if you're really afraid of this, one of the best ways to not get an erection is to have orgasmed earlier, right? Because if you've already had an orgasm, you're less likely to immediately spring another erection. Um, So before football practice at home, you can masturbate. Do not think of the players on your team. Do not use them (laughs) as your spank bank material. Think of, you know, but... That's something that you could do is if you have an erection beforehand, it, you know, like after anybody, male or woman, trans person has an orgasm, uh, most of the time, you know, it takes their libido in check, at least for a little while. So you could actually do something like that. If you're really concerned about it, you could go into a stall. And, you know, if you started getting an erection, just run into a stall and go to the bathroom, also known as spanking it in the bathroom. That's something that you could do <laughs> um, when you're showering. I still can't believe that in today's age, in 2019, they still use those terrible open locker room showers where everybody stands Uh facing each other around a pole in the middle of a room. Like anybody with any kind of body issue at all is going to hate that. And then anybody who has like erectile concerns is also going to like, who likes that? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, I remember being very concerned about those group shower situations when I was younger also like nobody nobody feels so comfortable in their body as a teenager that they want to shower in a group it doesn't matter your gender it doesn't matter your sexual orientation that's just not a comfortable thing when you're a teenager. Uh, or when you're in co- I'm working really hard at, at the university where I work to change the showers here so that there's like two curtains like uh, they call cabana showers where there's like a curtain and a little changing station and then a curtain and then the shower. So no matter who you are, you can shower with privacy and have a changing area that is also private. It's just, I mean, there's a lot of other issues in this question. Like should a whole bunch of young people be naked in a shower together in that kind of situation? Absolutely not. Like it's not going to hurt people, but it's certainly not going to be developmentally helpful for most people as well. And we've talked about body image (laughs) and eating disorders. We've talked about all of that. I think those kind of showers are are probably part of the overall problem. Um, Right. But that aside, you don't have control over that. There are things that you have control over. You can orgasm before practice. You can run to the stall and have to go to the, in quotes, bathroom. Um, but I think there's a couple other really important lessons for people for all of these questions that I want to just touch on lightly before we end today. And, and I want Spring's opinion too. And the first is, as we move throughout our lives, it doesn't matter you know, what your gender or sex may be, um, the vast majority of people are, are going to interact with people that you find attractive, that you find sexy, that you would like to have sex with, that you can't, right? Because you're at work or you're on the subway or you're on the bus or you're at school or you're in the classroom or you're in the board. It doesn't matter where you are. Um, 
it really helps uh, if in your brain you can kind of compartmentalize, like this is a, a, a place where it's okay for me to be having these sexual thoughts, fantasies, you know, sexualizing people. And then you have the rest of your life where I'm still a sexual being, but this is not the time or place for me to be having those kind of thoughts. So just kind of like for me, there's like this little, I've like a little intake of breath between that. Oh, this is sexy. Oh, wait, hold on. No, this is absolutely not a time <laughs> or place for me to be having those responses. Um, and I think that everybody has the capability of doing something like that too. You just put a little stop in your brain and you're like, Oh, nope. I, this is not someone who I should be sexualizing. This is not a situation that I should be romanticizing. This is not the time for it. And then if you train your brain, um, it helps you stop wandering to those, should I have sex with, or my, I, I'm going to get a boner because there's a sexy man in the locker room with me. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think that we're not saying that you can, you should compartmentalize yourself, um, but compartmentalizing these um, contexts, these scenarios, these like more of these places where is this an okay time for me to feel sexual and to feel aroused, you know? And, um, and in our society, it is not appropriate at all times. And so you want to be very aware of spaces and times when it is okay for you to fully express your sexuality and at times when it's, um, time to focus on sports or time to focus on work. <laughs> and yeah, so we, we want to be our full sexual selves all the time, but also, uh, think about, you know, our society's rules and <laughs> respecting other people's boundaries and spaces as well. And that's what it really comes down to when we're talking about these contexts. It is, um, you know, where, where, do we have these boundaries so that everybody can feel comfortable in the space we're currently in? I mean, and, and that's really what all of these questions are. Um, we want you to be comfortable if you're getting an erection or you're if you're with somebody and they're getting an erection um, or if you see someone else getting an erection, all of those are natural, normal, healthy, completely, completely normal things, right? What, what someone does with that erection, right? In almost every context that we've described in the show should be nothing. Like, oops, I have an erection. It's like that Britney Spears song, except most of our listeners are too young to know, oops, I did it again. Um, <laughs> it's a terrible song. But, uh, but understanding that it's natural normal, as long as someone isn't, you know, brandishing an erection and trying to force it on you or touch it or coerce you for anything, it's just another part of the human body, not that much different than any other part, except it's really kind of weird. <laughs> I have this eggplant on my desk and I'm looking at it right now. Uh, if you go to our Instagram story, you can see Spring and I playing with eggplants. Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, do we have any, do you have any tips to close out for today? I mean, you know, our ever after tip of communicating and talking about things, talking about things that make you uncomfortable, you know, having some conversations, practice having the conversations, practice it when they're, you know, lower stakes so that the bigger, higher stake things later don't feel as hard. That, I mean, that's my ever after tip. I think that's a great tip. <laughs> my my tip is not to our listeners, but to society as a whole. Um, <laughs> ha ha. Get it? As a whole? <laughs> no. Um, sorry, that was terrible, everybody. We're doing hard jokes today, not whole jokes. Oh, oh yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> so my tip is that we as a society need to do a better job talking about penises. 
like a real conversation societally. Like a, in many parts of the United States, young women get great, not great, but young women get education about menstruation and birth control and tampons and maxi pads. Men get nothing. Right. So men are just kind of left to explore or figure things out based on what their friends told them, which they learned from their friends. And usually it's a whole lot of nonsense, all of those myths and rumors. Um, so my, my big tip is just to the world in general, to the world, the whole world, like we need to have real, honest, destigmatizing, normalizing conversations about penises, what they're for, what they do, how they react to things and when to use them appropriately. And if we did that, the world would be a much better place. Great. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. If you have any questions, you want any follow up on this show, uh, just let us know. Um, we love getting your questions. Um, and we're going to try to do some more episodes like this where we take a whole bunch of your questions and, and talk about like different pieces of it in one episode. Um, let us know if you want some longer episodes, too. We try to keep them under 30 minutes, but this one's already going beyond it. Um, so if you want to contact us, send us your questions. You can send them uh, to thesexwrap at gmail.com. That's wrap with a W. Um, you can call us at 413-I-Wrap-It. Uh, uh, and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Sex Wrap. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a good one. I was just going to um, just put everything into one sentence that we've talked about. Uh, all of our recommendations is talk about dicks, even if it's hard. <gasps> terrible dad pun thank you okay well <laughs> goodbye for real everyone for everything that you were too afraid to ask at home too embarrassed to ask at school or just too af- music for this episode provided by the ever elusive and mysterious breakmaster cylinder The Podglomerate, a sonic universe.